You're listening to Tony Mark with The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Today we have in studio Amanda Lapidus. Amanda is a registered dietitian and founder of simplynutrition.ca, and it's Nutrition by Amanda Lapidus. Amanda, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're quite welcome. Amanda, today we have a couple of topics that we're going to discuss. And um, it, it's, I'd like to get your, your input and, and enlighten the audience about what is, is the difference between you know, a dietitian and a nutritionist. And also we're going to touch on the, the, the difference between just dieting and also exercising. And to, to get your input, you seem to, you know, with all the, the research that I've done on you, you seem to, to be doing things a little bit differently out there. And I wanted to expose what you did to the city and to the, the, the world because I love the idea of, uh, of some of the things we're going to discuss. So it's... You, um, you said I'm doing things differently, but just in case the College of Dietitians of Ontario is <laughs> listening, I'm doing things according to the college's <laughs> practice. No, it, it, it's her practice of, you know, and I'll let the cat out of the bag now. <laughs> it's a practice of actually going to people's homes okay. and, and so on. But her her practice uh, is, is quite in line with uh, the college. The of, legal uh, requirements yes. of the College of Dietitians <laughs> of Ontario. Well, thank you for clarifying <laughs> that, Amanda. It's um, no, Amanda. What is the difference um, uh, between a nutritionist and a dietitian? So. Specifically for dietitians, as I said, we're, reg uh, we're regulated by the College of Dietitians of Ontario. Um, and so these colleges are established. Each province will have their own college. They're established to protect the public from harm. Um, so in order to become registered with these colleges, uh, they have you have to meet education and training requirements. So, for example, I have a Bachelor of Science in Food and Nutrition from the University of Western Ontario, and I did a one-year accredited internship program with Mount Sinai Hospital here in Toronto. So each province will have their specific requirements. Some internships can be done in hospital, some in community, and some at university. So... Dietitians will call themselves registered dietitians or dietitians. They can also use the term nutritionists, and nutritionists cannot use the term dietitian. Nutritionists are not required to do any formal training, and they're not regulated. Um, now, is that just in Ontario, or is that nationally? So the majority of the provinces do not regulate the term nutritionist. Alberta regulates the term Um I'm not 100% certain about the rest of the provinces, so I'd okay. have to double check that. In the U.S., you, you have to be part of the regulatory body to use the term nutritionist, so that's why it can be confusing for a lot of people. There's also registered holistic nutritionists. Uh, they're trained at, there's a business in Toronto called the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. So it's a business, not a university. But I do want to say, just that there are some excellent nutritionists and some not so excellent dietitians and vice versa. So it's really important to make sure that you're critical about the information you're hearing and most importantly that the individual providing the counseling is respectful and provides you with individualized and client-focused fo care. 
people often think that dietitians just preach about Canada's food guide. And I can promise you, I never use Canada's food guide. Uh, I practice holistically as well, which means I just look at the individual in front of me and I provide them very individualized care. Okay. And now, what are the advantages of having a, a, a nutritional uh, plan created specifically for an individual? So personalized treatment of any form, I think, in health, in healthcare, regardless of what you're being treated for, improves success rates in my experience. So I've seen this from when I began my career to now um, individualizing my treatment and setting realistic benchmarks the individual being treated has improved my overall success rates with my clients. So, and if I'm being treated, if someone's giving me a treatment plan and it hasn't been tailored to my medical needs, my lifestyle, my preferences, my family history, et cetera, um, not only is it likely not to be effective, but I'm likely not going to follow it. So, now, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, you get questioned, uh, I get questioned about, you know, the, the differences and so on. But it is, it's a huge advantage having someone prepare that for you, where you can sit down and, and talk about the, the differences, you know, from a general plan. Because most people will look into a magazine or in a, in, in a, in a book, a general, uh, to get a general idea how they should be eating. Mm -hmm. But they don't even know if they have any deficiencies or so on. That's where I think, you know, someone like yourself will come in so handy and get it specifically tailored for them. Right. And you know, what's going to work for me and what might work for you and will be very different. And not only just with food preferences, like obviously that's a pretty obvious one. You're going to have different food preferences than I am, but your family history is going to be different than mine. So you're going to be just at risk for certain things then that are very different than things that I'm going to be at risk for. Um, and certain strategies are going to be more effective for you than they are for me. Okay. Now, <laughs> I, I've traveled around the world. Mm -hmm. and How nice you know, for you, Tony. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. I have two very small children and I'm stuck in my home. <laughs> Amanda, you know, with the, I've spoken to Amanda, you know, we've met in person, we've spoken on the phone many a times, and uh, she's a workaholic. She's always, I can always catch her. She always answers a call, you know, which I think it, it lends so, something that's so important to clients, you know, that you're, you're treating. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to discuss you traveling a little bit more. Um, but Amanda, with, you know, because I, I've traveled so much and I've tried, you know, eating in so many different countries and so many mm -hmm. different continents. And it, it, is it true that the North American uh, diet is causing us to gain weight? So, well, I, you know, I have a question for you. Um, how do you define the North American diet? Well, a lot of it is fast food, you know, and, and not only that is the times that we eat and mm -hmm. what we eat when. You know, I can go into okay. detail, but it, it, you know, I, you know, coming, traveling to the Mediterranean, traveling, I, I went to South America last year. Uh, I was in, in Africa a few years ago. And I noticed that people are, you know, a lot of the times the, the type of, the type of things that they're eating is, is different than what we are. And a lot of what we eat is based on fast food, mm -hmm. uh, the fast food phenomenon. So that's where I wanted to get your input. 
So, okay, so you say a lot of the things that we eat. So I know that you don't eat like that. I don't. Okay, and do your clients eat like that? Uh, no, because I try to, to guide them. One, one thing I do, um, you know, and with the thing that uh, I became so interested in, in in your line of work is because I always like reputable people around me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found with you, uh, uh, having uh, that kind of reputation of, and dealing with individuals and setting things up uh, individually for them. But uh, uh, I guide them and I, I'll tell them, you know, the, the way that we eat, whether it's through the fast food kind of chain or eating our biggest meal at night mm-hmm. isn't because I am not uh, a nutritionist, I'm not a dietitian, but it's just the, the logic behind it mm-hmm. uh, where we're eating our last meal as our biggest meal. And a lot of the times what we choose is going to a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over looking over the last 30 years, we haven't gotten smaller. We've gotten bigger weight wise. So I actually think that Well, first of all, I truly don't know what the North American diet is. I think that if you you really have to define it based on uh, the area of the of North America that you're in. And if you look at socioeconomic status, the geographical location that you're in and person's education, that's how you might. Well, dependent, but that's how you may define their actual diet. Um, I think that plays a huge role in what people are eating because I can tell you that, you know, the clients that I'm working with, the people that uh, a lot of the people in the city, they're not eating fast food because there's a lot of, and I mean, the fast food that is available or convenience foods, there are healthier options. I think one of the big things that we're going to start noticing is our overall lifestyle is one of the bigger parts that are contributing to weight gain and the amount of nutrition and health messaging that we're receiving that is very conflicting. So So are you saying, you mean being sedentary, contributing to that? Well, not necessarily sedentary in terms of exercise, but I think stress. So in the Mediterranean, uh, I think they do a fairly good job or Historically, they've done a fairly good job with stress management. Um, the idea of going home or having a break in the day and relaxing, whether it's with a glass of wine or not, but having a siesta, let's say, wherever, uh, or having a, a break of some form where they can actually have time to relax and have stress management uh, helps bring cortisol level down, cortisol levels down, and we know that cortisol levels can contribute to uh, belly fat, and you know these are the things that are increasing our difficulties with weight loss. Okay. So in in the in the long term, uh, do you see it getting just you base you you said based on socioeconomic factors mm-hmm. and um, and lifestyle and so on? Do we have a brighter future ahead of us when it comes to to eating properly? Um, well. I think that we have a long way to go in terms of research around diet. And I think that as people become more and more stressed, especially about finances, and they become more and more pulled in a million different directions, we need ways to manage overall stress. Um, And I think that, you know, weight management and overall health is far more complicated than just nutrition and exercise. I think there's a lot more 
that's involved. I think we have to look at genetics. We have to look at hormones. We have to look at, uh, as I said, stress management. There's a lot of pieces that we tend to not focus on. So it's not, and, and it's all about individualized care. So, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about in the past, like what is more important? Is exercise more important or is nutrition more important? So Amanda, not to interrupt you, but I want to take a short break and come back and discuss the diet versus exercise um, uh, trend that's going on right now, because it's so important that we we know and inform ourselves on both and how we can ap- accomplish everything uh, in a successful way. So we'll be right back on PeachRadio.com with Amanda Lapidus. You're listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Once again, Amanda Lapidus is in studio. And what I wanted to, she touched on it briefly uh, earlier on, uh, but diet versus exercise. And Amanda, I have a question for you. Uh, Should we be placing more emphasis on diet or exercise in your, um, in, in your wealth, with your wealth of knowledge? What do you think? So I think the answer is a no-brainer. And when you're talking about overall well-being, they're both crucial. You need to consider the goal. So if we're going to go back to talking about weight management, then if we look at the research right now that's been going around, the research is showing that exercise-focused weight loss programs aren't very successful. People tend to underestimate the calories they consume and they overestimate what they expend. And you and I have talked about um, before, Frequently what people do is they're exercising and they use that as their license to eat whatever they want. We know that exercise, it's a bit of, it's just really a dent in their calorie expenditure. Our bodies use a lot more calories throughout the day than we expend in exercise. But really exercising, the, the goal of exercising shouldn't be about your calories. There's a lot more benefits that we receive from exercise. And when they do studies where they control for diet, they also show that exercise, even when the diet's controlled, didn't make a substantial dent in the overall energy used, as, as I just said. So, But here's what I think. So I think that weight loss is a lot more complicated, which I said before, than the idea of calories in versus calories out. I think that things like genetics, stress level, and life cycle are very important to consider. So when I said, you know, individualizing care, here's an example. So it's pretty well documented that cortisol, which is the hormone our body releases uh, in response to stress, can increase belly fat. And if we're physically and mentally stressed and releasing cortisol, then you would think that weight management would become more challenging. If exercise is, is a successful stress management strategy and helps decrease overall stress, then perhaps exercise plays a more important role for that specific person. For an individual that finds exercise more stressful versus stress reducing, then it might not be as important for that person in their weight management. So my preferred approach when it comes to overall health and wellness is to create an individualized plan to and to consider each person's individualized ma- individual makeup. Okay, well, that that helps us. You know, you brought up that you said it's a no-brainer, but I find that so many people are confused. And I yeah. thought, you know, the, the point that you brought up where most people, uh, uh, they based on their just their exercise, they tend to think, 
I can eat whatever I want. Right. And if you know, the, I, 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 I'm an observer mm-hmm. and I always uh, one of the, 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 the places in the gym, the, the people who spin. And because spinning, you burn off a lot of calories. But a lot of the spinners, they go and then they go to Starbucks and have the cappuccino and they have, right. you know, a scone and, and all those things, which is more than uh, putting in all the calories they just burnt off. And they're wondering why they're not losing weight. So I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to think about both. But I always say that nutrition is a lot more when it comes to um, weight control, right. anyways, a lot more important than than just exercise. And but I, I again, I think it's a lot more complicated than this idea of just calories in versus calories out. And I just, I think that if we focus solely on you know the calorie in versus calorie out, we're missing a lot of pieces that are really important. Um, and we've spent so much time focusing on that. Uh-huh. I think it's. I think it's time we start focusing on all the other aspects. Now, in in your daily um, uh, your daily uh, interaction with clients, what are the questions that come up most often? You know, I hear it from it. Uh, I hear about it from an exercise standpoint. Mm-hmm. But with you, what do you hear them? What do they ask uh, a lot of that are the same? In terms of nutrition? Yeah, in terms of nutrition. So right now what I do a lot of is trying to manage the amount of information people are getting from social media. I didn't have social media when I, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't have, you know, Instagram and all of like these hashtags. People are bombarded with eat clean, paleo, um, gluten-free. People are constantly asking me, should they be eating clean should they be on a paleo or gluten-free diet and that pretty much comes up on a daily basis whether it's with a client or just somebody who finds out what I do for a profession so so how would you sum up your philosophy on nutrition like you you, you're you're trying to to um, avoid bombarding people with too much information Mm -hmm. but what's your overall philosophy when it comes to nutrition what works for you will not necessarily work for somebody else. And nutrition is something that needs to be individualized. That's, uh, that's quite simple. <laughs> it's, uh, and I wish it was so very simple when it comes to uh, uh, nutrition that um, I love the fact that you break it down and you simplify it for, for everyone because it makes it a lot more, you know, if I was to leave your office or if mm-hmm. you were to come to my home, I would um, feel a hell of a lot better uh, with that simplification of the, right. the, the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's part of why people don't stick to you know, a plan that they print off the internet because then they get a million or countless number of messages coming from other places saying that that plan is completely wrong. Well, you know, I'm confused when I'm looking on the internet. I don't, and I have a background in it, so I don't blame the public for being confused. So Now, Amanda, with, um, you know, I, I kind of let the, the cat out of the bag at the beginning saying, you know, how you differentiate yourself uh, from a lot of the, the other dietitians out there. But I love the idea um, when we spoke that you actually go to people's homes and you, you look into their cupboards and so on. How does that help an individual? So... The old way, or not the old way, but the way that 
I practiced when I was in hospital, working in hospital, or even previously when I was working with outpatients, people come into your office, you pull out these food models, which are pretty lifelike, and you say, well, here's a chicken breast. Can you show me, is this the size of the chicken breast you ate? Well, I personally have trouble remembering what I ate for dinner last night. And I'm very food focused. So to expect people who aren't particularly food focused to remember everything they ate um, or to expect them to document everything that they ate is asking a lot from people, uh, especially when they're so busy. Also, we, you know, a lot of people take a fair amount of medications and supplements, and we don't necessarily remember brands or the actual amount that we're taking of our supplements. So if you're physically in somebody's home, you can, they can just grab their medications, they can grab their supplements, they can pull out the cereal that they're having. It's a lot easier. But the other aspect is, um, what is the environment like? Is somebody living in a, you know, a somebody living in a place with um, like just so much clutter and just being in the kitchen is overwhelming. What else is going on? Um, you know, are there a lot of children screaming? What, like, what is their actual environment like? Okay. So it's, um, there's, it just lends so much more, you know, we're all looking to achieve success, uh, with, with the, the exercise and dieting when, when you have that extra help and that extra push and someone Mm -hmm. guiding you like yourself, it, to me, it just makes it a lot simpler to, to achieve your goal. Right. So I also think, you know, my, so my experience working in hospital, so I've worked in surgery, I've worked in medicine. I was the dietitian in chief at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And that has given me a great deal of perspective and ability to work with individuals from all walks of life. And I have a very strong appreciation for the important role that nutrition plays in the gastrointestinal system and our overall, the overall importance of the connection between nutrition and mood and overall mental health. So I think that you know, my experience has allowed me to really incorporate that aspect into my nutrition assessments as well. Now, Amanda, is can you achieve uh, a, a lean tone body with just uh, if you had the best nutrition by itself? Or can you do that with just exercise by itself? Or are they um, are they mutually exclusive? I, I as far as I know, I'm not aware of foods that can do what resistance training does. Um, and we already discussed, you know, weight loss or fat loss. I guess that's what you would, you're referring to, um, using just exercise alone. So I think you'd have to do them together to get more toned. It's, you know, that's coming from uh, one of the foremost experts uh, in in the field of uh, uh, nutrition today. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for, for uh, hey, well, you are to me. You, you just, you I know your, your craft so I'll well. I'll take it. <laughs>
<laughs> Amanda, thank you for coming in studio Thanks today. Thanks for having me. This oh, is great. Oh, you're quite welcome. And I'd love to have you back. Uh, because Anytime. There's, uh, they have, they, you have so much confusion when it comes to those two things, our, our, both of our fields. You get the questions yeah. every single day. And I'd like to, to help people just clarify and, and, and just uh, get them, you know, as you did today, just simplify the, the everything so they can leave feeling better and uh, to achieve what they um, what they what they want to achieve. So Amanda, how can we get a hold of you? So you can email me at amanda at simplynutrition.ca. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at simplynutrition.ca. Once again, very, very simple. It's uh, <laughs> Amanda, it was a pleasure having you in studio. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of Wellness on peachradio.com. <laughs>